Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hey listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Oteil Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Faux, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. So, you guys have what you need for summer tour? I have my big floppy hat. Yes, I have my prescription medicines. I have my tickets, I think. Oh, and my earplugs from Eardial. We're happy to have Eardial as a sponsor. They provide invisible, high-fidelity hearing protection so you don't mess up your ears at concerts. They're some of the most comfortable earplugs I've worn. They fit well, they block out the background noise, and they let the music shine through. Eardial is offering our listeners 20% off their earplugs, which you can find at eardial.com slash Osiris. Seriously, we recommend these earplugs. I've used a lot of earplugs. These are the best ones I've used. We hope to see you at a show this summer sporting them. Check out eardial.com slash Osiris to pick up some today. You 
everybody, this is Matt with a quick hit for June 21st, 2019 from Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm here with Trent. Trent, how's it going today, man? Doing well, doing well. So you got to see a uh, pretty amazing fish show last night. Uh, we were just talking a second ago about my remorse for not making the trip down to Charlotte. Um, and uh, the couch tour definitely um, reinforced that and, and taught me a lesson last night. Um, overall, how did you, uh, how was your experience last night? Oh, it was amazing. I mean, it was a really good show. Like it was just good vibes the entire day. Uh, we got down at the lot at like 4.30. Luckily parked, you know, same lot at Shakedown. Everybody was just having just a real good time. Despite, you know, it being, you know, summer in the south, it was a little hot and a little sunny because it was summer solstice. We just knew just like things were just going to come and mesh together very well. And we could tell from the first song, it was just, uh, we could tell that the band was just real excited and real happy to be in Charlotte. That's great. So, um, yeah, the, the PNC Music Pavilion, it's just a, like a little bit north of Charlotte, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like a little bit like northeast. So it's a little on the outskirts, but it, uh, I mean, it's got good history for fish. Yeah. So. How was this scene there? I know sometimes uh, at those North Carolina venues, the cops and security can get a little bit overzealous. Were they kind of letting things go or was it, was it like a, a party damper? It was it was a mixed bag. Um, I remember for the lot, it was pretty good. We had people that were coming by, you know, it'd be like, if you need trash bags, like if you need water, let us know. And so they're very, very helpful. But in terms of like coming in and out, like it was like, you can only come in one way. Don't come over this way. This is, you know, car entrance. So it was definite mixed bag. But once we got into the venue, it uh, it was pretty good. And lot seemed seemed really great. Awesome. Pretty packed show or was it undersold? Um, I think last I remember it was still not sold out, but when we got into the venue and we were out on the lawn, it felt it felt like it was pretty good space. Like it felt like that it, there wasn't any like open lawn space. So it was pretty packed. And yeah, I, I feel like it was um, pretty good for crowd size. Awesome, yeah. Well, it looked great on the on on Couch Tour, and and I agree with you. I think the band looked like they were uh, energized and having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, seems like they got things going uh, in in Cuyahoga Falls the other night and, and kept it going. So, um, let's talk about this first set. Which um, I mean, I was thinking at the end of the first set last night that it was probably the best set of the tour so far. Um, <clears throat> th- putting set two and what was about to come aside. I mean, can you agree with? that and, and what was your highlight of the first set oh yeah um i was with i was with my buddy matt that we've been to so many shows together and we during set break we just kept saying that that was easily the best set we've ever seen at least a best first set and this is probably i've seen them in charlotte five times and it was amazing i couldn't i was just balled out how amazing it was uh i know that they had it they and they started very well with have mercy and it was just i feel like that set the tone for not just the set but the show it just felt incredibly laid back and just like a nice like a summer breeze kind of show and it just it was great like we were just 
every kind of, every time they was bringing a different song, our you know our mouths you know fell on the floor. Easily the biggest part that happened was from the ginseng to the tweezer. They stopped with ginseng, which we loved, and went straight to tweezer. And we were both like, how did they come in with the mid-set tweezer for a first set? I was like, I don't even know what's going to happen after this. And uh, it was that was just a great jam. But personally, for me, my highlight was the Yamar. I've been chasing that song forever and has been on like my top list. So getting to hear that one was just a huge delight. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, I, I was noticing Trey's guitar playing last night. Um, after the Have Mercy, they they ripped into that God of Jabu, uh, mm-hmm. which he mm-hmm. was just absolutely tearing into, especially for the second song of the show. And I feel like, the you know, the conversation this summer has been like, well, you know, Fishman is killing it. He's so amazing. No, Trey's amazing. Trey's on fire because, <laughs> you know, he's been playing live consistently for the last couple of months. It's like, but then no, Paige has got all these new toys and Paige is on fire and he's like the unsung hero. Like, I feel like we've reached this point where like at any given moment, you can look at any of them right now and just say their playing is just fantastic. Yeah, easily. I feel like that's just been that's been the conversation since I think Baker's dozen. It's just been they, they've just been killing it every single night, and to me, it felt like at least from the lawn, uh, everything sounded amazing. It was just a little bit different with Trey, at least from from our section. It felt like Trey's like was tuned up a little high in terms of volume, so whenever he came in, he would shred it and melt our faces. But I was just like, oh, I can't hear like, you know, I can't hear Paige or, or Mike because I don't know what was up with that volume. But it's still, though, like I, that got a Jaboo and the Tweezer and the Mercury. It was just um, just them interplaying with each other. And this their this this year's setup, it was just, you know, perfect. And I just can't you know, gush, can't further gush in how amazing that first set was. So you just mentioned something a second ago that I wanted to ask somebody about. So you, if you were sitting on the lawn, I don't know if you saw yesterday, uh, Fish tweeted something about their enhanced lawn sound system. And from pictures of the last couple of shows, it looks like they're hanging like their own PA system at the back of the of the amphitheater for the people on the yeah. lawn. Um, and I saw somebody comment last night at Charlotte. They said they thought the sound was better on the lawn than it was up close in the pavilion. Um, I mean, tell me what you saw around that, and did it really sound that great out on the lawn? Oh, uh, I saw that when we were on the lawn, we were over on, you know, every time for us when we go lawn, we go page side, rage side. So we were over on his side. But I saw that we were about halfway up on the lawn, and there were the speakers, there were two sets. There was one on the left and then one on the right. And kind of like they were a little bit lined up with, they have the, now these TV screens that. Uh, do the close-up, probably the same, you know, setup for the webcast. But I've never, honestly, have not ever done a show where the seats and into the pit before, because I've always been like, I just love being out on the lawn and having my own dancing space. So, but it just sound, it did sound really good, especially you know when they went into some deeper jams in the second set and delve into like um, some deeper play that was uh it really enhanced uh the sound quality on the lawn because it definitely in years past there were times where i was just like i can barely hear what's going on so this new pa system it was a definite improvement 
That's awesome. It's good to see them put the effort into uh, making the experience that great for everybody. Um, so, all right. So, ba- so back to the set. So, uh, have Mercy, Jabu, Free, getting getting kind of warmed up there. Uh, getting mm-hmm, uh, Free mm-hmm. was pretty hot too. Ginseng Sullivan. They've got to uh, throw in the the bluegrass reference for the Appalachian uh, oh, yeah, region. Was, um, yeah, yeah. And then, as you mentioned, right into Tweezer, and it's a concise Tweezer, but it was really good. And that I thought that segue into passing through was like really well done. Yeah, yeah, it kind of threw us threw me through a loop for a second because like I know this, where have I heard this before? And I did like very quick research. And I saw some people around me that pulled their phones out, and I was like, "Yeah, this is one. This is one of the new ones." And I was excited about it because I wanted some Casvot Vox for for last night, and I was glad that I got you know two dippings of it, but it was good. Like that was one of the songs I was like, I can't. I can kind of remember just because of the chant. And uh, it just was very good segue. Like of all the ones that were from last night, that was probably like like spot on, just perfect. Went straight to it because I heard the key change, and then they went straight to it. And I was like, "Wait, what is this?" And yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, and then so we've got the Umar that you mentioned uh, before, which was great, and then mm-hmm. this ending Mercury segment i mean mercury there was a just a ripping jam out of mercury they get back yeah. into tweezer this is the first return to tweezer and then into santos that was just yep. like on fire so tell me about the end of this set the place had to be going nuts oh yeah so so mercury it um it took me a little bit on this one to remember it because i think this might be my second one and it was all right like people around me were like I had a lot of first timers with us in our group and they were just like, this is amazing. I was like, yeah, this is a different one. I haven't heard before. Like it doesn't like to me, it hasn't come up that often. And I just kept hearing that. Like they kept coming back. They did like, a lot of segues, like different nods. And I know this one was an official one going back into that tweezer. And when that tweezer came in, everybody just exploded. It was just like, ah, it was insane. And just like, went up and then when the santos came in that's when that was one of the ones i personally was hoping for from the castle vox i was hoping for that or turtle in the clouds for so for santos i was one that was literally just like that was when my voice went out i was like this is it this is perfect and everybody it was just like like just a huge you know surge of energy for the end of a first set and for most of them, it was like, for most first set endings for me, it's just like, all right, this is pretty good. Like, all right, we know this is going to happen. But like Trey was just like wanting to like keep it going. He's like, I want to just, he was like gnawing onto like a huge piece of steak. He's like, I'm not letting go. I'm going to keep this going. And you could tell from the rest of the band, we're feeling it. The whole crowd was feeling it. We were just up in the airs and it was just a great send off for a great set. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it felt like the show almost could have ended at this point. They were they were blowing it up so much. I, it was so good. I was sitting on the couch with my four year old daughter, and um, we told her she could watch the first set before she had to go to bed. And she loves the song Santos. She she knows every word and <laughs> sings it all the time. But during the jam, she's laying there and she just looks at me and she goes, "Daddy, this is so cool." Like she even <laughs> she could tell just like you know seeing the crowd go crazy and like how mm-hmm. into it the band was. Yeah, um, I, I saw a couple comments this morning. People almost said it was like a it was kind of like a freebird ending to Santa. Yeah, so I have to agree. It it kind of got to that place of just like you know guitar you know fireworks. Exactly. I, I honestly it was just 
considering like, you know, I might just, you know, listen a second set from, from the parking lot. Like I was like, I don't know how they're going to top this <laughs> to be honest. It was just that, it was just that good. I was just so happy that, you know, they brought it to Charlotte. So. Well, I'm, I bet you're glad that you didn't go out to the parking lot because then they may have, uh, if not topped the first set, it came pretty close uh, with, yeah. with this amazing second set that started out with the longest runaway gym in a very, very long time. And probably, yeah. probably, I mean, maybe one of the best, if not the best runaway gym of 3.0. Um, what do yeah. you think about that jam? So we knew we were in for something special when they came out to play gym for a second set opener and i already had the high bar set because my last show was raleigh last summer and that was when they did the raleigh the runaway antelope which melted my face was amazing one of the best things i've ever seen ever happen with any band so i was like all right if you're gonna do gym you got to bring it. And they definitely brought it. I was wanting some jam exploration because that was the only thing from the first set I was hoping for more of. Just more of just like putting the four into a groove and just see what happens. And that's exactly what we got from this gym. It was it was impeccable. Like they went out there, they brought it out in the deep space and brought it back in. And I was like, this is what I'm looking for. So it was, I was like, I don't know what you're going to do after this, really. I was like, let's just see what happens. So the, the Runaway Jam um, started things off really, really strong and then straight mm-hmm. into Sense and Subtle Sounds, which was just like, I, at this point, I was getting jealous for the shows that I'm seeing this weekend, that uh, songs that they were checking off the list. I mean, this is mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. incredible. Um, and that a short but sweet jam, and then but straight into Sand. Um, yeah. I mean, just the whole, the flow of the set was just pretty amazing. Yeah. So the, the sense and subtle sounds, it took me a minute because I was like, I know this one. I haven't heard in a while. What, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? And the last time, I only seen it once before, and that was when we went to Magna Ball. And that sense and subtle sounds was fantastic. It was great. So I was like, all right, this is interesting. I didn't see this one coming. Let's see what happens. And to me, when, where we were, they, they seem to feel it a little bit. And I felt like for some reason, Trey was like, nah, I'm not feeling it. Let's bring it back to Tweezer for a second. And when that happened, that's when the crowd was just like, all right, let's go again. And we're just off the walls for that. Like, I think it was like 45 seconds, maybe like a minute and a half of like a Tweezer for a second. And then it changed real quick key. And this was the one part that I didn't see it coming was the sand. Everyone else was like, all right. And then it, for, it took me a second to be like, Oh, this is sand. And that was where they brought the funk in. And that was oof, just pristine. Yeah. Was, you can't you can't say no to a sand. Yeah, no, I mean, so yeah, I mean the, the tweezer reference there, I believe this was the first time ever that they've done tweezer in both sets. Um, oh, really? It, yeah, it's they they've done tweezer fests within one set before, but they've never done anything that spans two sets and brings nice. it back. Um, even though it was just a brief reference in the second set, um, it, yeah. it definitely you know helped that transition uh, into sand. Um, mm-hmm. Sand again, you know, it was like another. I know some of the, sometimes these tab songs tend to get go this way, but just another feature for Trey and his amazing guitar playing. Um, and mm-hmm. then you get into Life Boy, which is like a song I'm still chasing. Uh, I, I've oh, yeah. seen it. And that was just a gorgeous way to, to kind of come down from the, the su- super ripping part of the, uh, the, the second set. 
Yeah, yeah. I knew they were going to do a breather. And when they came out with Life Boy, I was, you know, blown away. And I was also very fortunate because, like, when it comes to, like, the slow ones where they need to do breathers, it could go really well or just, like, real random. And for the Life Boy, I was, I was like, this is great. Like, I, this is a good one that we were all able to calm down. Because, I mean, it, even though at this point it was, uh, the sun was down, it was starting to cool off. The fortunate thing throughout the whole day was that it was breezy and it was it was starting to get a little bit windy. The wind died out, and I feel like that we all in the crowd was just like, "All right, we need to calm for a second because it was still really hot out in the lawn." And so that life boy was for like a lot of not just me for but a lot of people around us. Who was like, "All right, we're able to like take in a minute, cool down." A lot of people were laying down enjoying the life boy, and it was just it was just beautiful. Yeah. So I think if anything, you're, if, if you're going to fault this set, or I don't think you can fault it, but say why it's not quite as good as the first set, there was a, maybe a little bit of a dip uh, in the flow from Song I Heard the Ocean Sing, Taste 20 Years Later, all well played, yeah. maybe, but not to the level of you know a lot of the other amazing part of the show. But then this possum that they wrapped up the set with was like unbelievable. It was like a type two possum. Yeah. So... I will say for before we get to the possum, I will say personally, I, when they did when they got to a song, I heard the ocean sing. I was like, all right, this is gonna be great because uh, because uh, usually they they it either gets really really good or they're just like kind of just messing with it a little bit. And to me, I really like the jam that was going into it, especially from Fishman. I don't know what he was doing for that song, but it was short, but it was incredibly sweet. And I felt like Trey was like, all right, let's try out the taste. And the taste, it kind of just, I was just like, it was my first taste. And I got really worried because I know of how, you know, intricate and complicated that song is to get started with. And I feel like it kind of threw Fishman off, which kind of like took a little bit for them to get back into it. I feel like that was the low point personally was getting from that taste and getting back into that groove to get into the jam a bit. And I felt like they kind of just stopped. They were like, all right, we're going to bring in 20 years later, which I personally I'm not crazy about, but I did like the jam that led into the possum. And that possum was probably the best one I've ever seen because I remember they did a lot of possums like 2012 2010 like that was like those years of possum where they did it like for every other show and when they brought it in i was like okay this is said ender is gonna bring up high energy and it got started with it then when they got to the jamming part they pulled it back and i was like what is going on trey's like keeping it easy usually he's trying to shred through this to get this high energy going and he just kept started with this groove and just got started with it and all of a sudden, he brought in the Have Mercy lyrics. And that's when everybody around the crowd just went, okay, we're gone. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. I mean, it was like that that fast reggae Have Mercy, almost like a, like yeah. a ska version of Have Mercy. Um, yeah. It yeah, was yeah, yeah. so great. I mean, I, I, I always defend Possum. I mean, maybe you're going to skip it if you're listening to a recording. But for my money, sure. it always is thrilling to see live. It's just a, it's yeah. a fun song. Exactly. I agree with you on that. It's great to see it in person because you can feel the energy and feel it with the crowd. But on a recording, sometimes it doesn't come through the best way. 
but I feel like you could definitely, you can definitely feel it from this one that they were just like, if we're going to do this possum, we're going to lay it down hard. And they did. It was, yeah, it was incredible. So um, they wrap up with uh, more Twee Prize encore. I don't know if you caught this in the encore from the, the webcast. It looked like Mike was having bass problems during Twee Prize, and he went to drop his huge note at the beginning of the song, and it was just like nothing happened. And he started like furiously playing with his gear. Could you guys? Could you catch any of that from the lawn? I I saw a little bit of it. I didn't exactly hear from the the note, but I did see that he was messing with his rig on his left. And I couldn't tell from the crowd what was hap- what was going on for it. But we were all just excited that we were going to get the Twee Prize. I was worried that they were just going to be like, you know what? We're going to wait and do Twee Prize until Sunday at Meriwether. So I was just happy that they were bringing it back in. Yeah, that, I was wondering that myself. I mean, it seemed like one of those things where maybe they were going to, you know, dangle it for the whole weekend. But um, yeah, I think it was a nice capper on the show. Uh, and yeah. interesting to get the more Twee Prize encore. It seems like a lot of times they like to do Sleeping Monkey in that spot. But um, nice, yeah. nice energetic version of more to, to get into the Twee Prize. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah, it was definitely like a, a good precursor to the the finale, essentially. Awesome. Well, Trent, it sounds like you had a pretty amazing time last night, as as well you should have. Um, if we're going to send everybody out on a jam clip from last night, what do you think we should do? Um, honestly, from the show, I would probably go with the gym. That runaway gym was just, ugh. I don't, I can't really describe because I haven't listened to it yet from the show, but it was definitely. Um, a good setup for what's going to happen for this weekend at Meriwether. Well, I tell you what, it definitely has me excited and uh, is, you know, jealous as I was and uh, disappointed in myself for not making the trek down to Charlotte last night. I am super stoked for Meriwether this weekend. I think this is going to be the turning point in the tour uh, where we're going to be talking about pretty amazing shows and I'm stoked mm-hmm. to, uh, to be hopping on. Uh, starting tonight at Merriweather. So so I'm going to get going, uh, get ready to head up to Merriweather. If you see me around this weekend, uh, please come say hi. I'm in, in the pavilion both nights. And uh, let's check out some of that Runaway Gym after a message from one of our kind sponsors. Thanks, everybody. Do you guys like coffee? Yes. I actually cannot function without it. Luckily for us, we have an advertiser, Passion House Coffee Roasters. Passion House was founded by a longtime fan in Chicago, and they've been sourcing and roasting some of the best beans in the world since 2011. Now they need your help naming a new coffee, an experimental micro lot from a renowned farm in Colombia. With coffees named Millie Grace, LSD, and Box of Rain, the bar is high for a new name. But we know you can help. Go to passionhousecoffee.com slash Osiris to read about the mystery coffee and submit your idea for the coffee name. While you're there, pick up some beans or cans of cold brew. I had the Passion Cat cold brew cans recently, and they're great. Our listeners get 30% off their coffee, so enter Osiris at checkout. Get after it.
a city without its music. The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Hi, this is Henry Kay, host of the number one music history podcast, Rootsland. Come with me on a journey to Kingston, Jamaica, where we explore the world of reggae music and the untold stories of some of the genre's greatest legends. From the ghettos and tenement yards where the music was born 
to the island's iconic recording studios. We are so excited to team up with Osiris Media, the leading storyteller in music, because as you'll hear, sometimes the story is the best song. Hi, I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. We want to tell you about our podcast, None But the Brave, which is dedicated to taking a deep dive into the work of Bruce Springsteen. We're currently in our fifth season. Our latest episodes focus heavily on Bruce's 2024 tour and have featured such guests as Anthony Castrovince from MLB Network and Barstool's Kirk Minahan. We're also covering the 40th anniversary of Bruce's biggest record, Born in the USA. And as part of that, coming up this week, Uproxx cultural critic Stephen Hyden returns to the show for a fascinating hour-long conversation about his new book. There was nothing you could do. Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA and the End of the Heartland. To listen, you can go to our website, mbtbpodcast.com, or subscribe on your preferred podcasting platform. We hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!